0: Welcome in, everybody, to the Westside Sports Podcast. It is February 28th, 2024. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome in to today's podcast. It has been a little bit of time since I hopped back on the old mic. Been kind of waiting to see a couple of spring training games. Get a couple of takeaways. This isn't going to be as, you know, a 35, 40-minute podcast. It's probably going to be a little shorter today. Uh, Probably, I might, might, depending upon how this does and how you guys feel and stuff like that. Might do a game reaction today. Because the lineup is pretty juicy today, which we'll get into at the end of the podcast. But first and foremost, as always, thank you guys, everybody, for taking the time out of their busy day for listening. I greatly appreciate it. If you enjoy the content, please subscribe. Leave a five-star rating. Please, 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 please. If you listen to to, to this podcast, leave a five-star rating. If you're on Apple, you can leave a written review. If you're on Spotify, Five stars would be great if you give me less. I appreciate your honesty. Whatever it is, I just would like to see more. I have have a goal for any person who listens to this podcast and has not reviewed. If you can please do that, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. It's going to help me build on some things and some projects I'm working on for the time being. It is spring training. It is baseball time. Rick Riz is back on the old sticks. This is what we live for. You know, these are... These are the kind of days where we look at the overall calendar and say baseball has finally returned. And it's a beautiful time. It's a uh, mean that springs around the proverbial corner. People have uh, extra time outside in the sunshine. The weather can kind of maybe start waking up, even though usually, obviously, Pacific Northwest doesn't wake up till July. So, but with that being said, um, we're just going to hop straight into it. I have some injury updates for you guys. Some of it's positive, unfortunately, more of it's kind of negative, and that's going to kind of lead us on a couple of different channels. I am open for anybody who's also interested in in, in this podcast and would like to see it grow besides for me. I am open to having a co-host on this podcast. Um, It would... Make my life a little bit easier. I'm not going to lie. Bringing up all this content, the ideas, getting back to you guys, formatting myself can be a little bit much. So if anybody of you who is listening has spare extra time or has the extra passion or the interest to hop on, uh, please reach out to me. You can DM me on any social media platform available. So, okay. Injury updates. First of all, we'll start out with the good, and then we'll end with the bad. Because, unfortunately, like I said, there's more bad than there is good here, unfortunately. The good thing is that Gregory Santos threw a... It wasn't a bullpen. It was like a... They call it a throwing session this morning. Uh, All reports are positive uh, from Divish, from Scott himself. Things are looking positive right now. Trending in the right direction, which with what we're going to talk about here in a minute is going to be so pivotal and crucial for this team to have somebody in Gregory Santos who is unanimously and widely industry known to be a baller and to be an absolute force in the back end of of a bullpen. He's going to be instrumental to keeping this bullpen what it's been like that. And, And some people can say, well, the bullpen's been consistent for years. Why would a new guy make that big of a difference? Well, by all f and fangraph metrics and for those of you who don't know what Fr is it's just a wins it's like your overall value right one two three obviously the higher your number is the more valuable you are for your team and that's how many wins you are above worth more than your average um like uh your average other player right your unrestricted free agent for example a brian anderson who the mariners brought in last week so With Gregory Santos being on the men, things looking inside the right direction, the conversation could easily be, well, if he's on the men back, then how could we be more negative than positive? There was a report last night via Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times that Matt Brash's arm issue is becoming a legitimate concern within the organization. I'm going to make this abundantly clear. What I'm reporting what I'm saying has not been officially reported. These are things on Twitter. However, when it comes from Ryan Divish, you do need to pay attention to it. He is not one for hot takes. He does not blow smoke up people's skirts. He is telling you what he's hearing. It's his job, right? Uh, But with losing out on with the. With not having Brash throwing currently and with him on track right now to not start the regular season on the active roster, it's going to make a lot of people concerned because Matt Brash was, by all means, and again, all fan graphs and wars, he was top five relief pitcher in baseball last year. Unanimously. Like, he was that good, right? And uh, there has been a lot of concern from, uh, again, uh, not to keep re-bringing him up, Ryan Divish, I've heard it from Shannon Dreher and other sources that, there was a lot of concern that because of the amount of usage on Matt Brash's shoulder last year, that it wasn't going to be able to be repeatable with what he, with what how how effective he was in his strikeout percentage and all of his numbers and his metrics, right? And it's a valid point. It really is. Um, I don't disagree with it one iota. Um, for the sole reason of they did use him a ton, and I was not a big fan of how much they used him, but they. Got rid of paul seawald and it caused the role for matt brash to be elevated from pitching every other day to pretty much pitching every day and when you can't when you're throwing the kind of stuff that matt brash throws when you're throwing 98 to 100 mile an hour fastball with two ginormous nasty curveballs sweepers sliders whatever the hell you want to call them it's going to put additional stress on that elbow it's just the way the the, the arm and the throwing motion works again I've mentioned this a couple of times here on on this podcast. If you haven't read the arm from Jeff, from Jeff Passon, please read it. Highly recommend it. It is detailed. It is doctor. A lot of doctors speak, but it does a great job of breaking down, explaining to you why arm injuries are becoming so much more common with the way these guys are throwing baseballs these days. So we talking about Santos and his positive, his positive, uh, growth towards being ready towards opening season. Fingers crossed. Still, we're still early in this progress, so things could change. Knock on wood, but I hope, obviously, hope it doesn't. And and Brash still not throwing. I. End the injury conversation on the name and topic of Luis Arias because this is where things get complicated, very complicated, and I'm going to do my best to try and make it as simple for you guys. So, it has been reported, again, Ryan Divish, I do a lot of my reporting is from Ryan Divish because I don't mess around and get other people's sources, like Shannon Dreyer gets her information from Ryan Divish, just like Ryan does from the, from the clubhouse, from Scott Service, stuff like that, but... All the stuff I bring to you guys is credible reported information that's not BS. It's not a hot take. It's not, you know, Baker Breadman, one of those, you know, if you know who he is, you know who he is on Twitter, right? This is legit, real info that Luis Arias still isn't throwing a baseball across the diamond. What's the problem? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to beat around the bush. This is a problem. I was very optimistic when the trade came down way early in the off season when they traded, I think it was one of their first maybe two moves, when they traded Isaiah Campbell for Luis Arias. My gut reaction was, really didn't like to see Kent Campbell go. I understand why they did it. They have a lot of surplus in the bullpen, plenty of names, which we'll obviously probably get into with the injury to Matt Brash, um, pending obviously what happens with that injury and what all becomes of it. However, um, Luis Arias... Reports are came into camp out, out of shape. And if there is a few things in baseball that will drive me up the proverbial wall and drive me friggin' nuts, is you not showing up in shape to camp. We, I heard this last offseason with Eugenio Suarez. And they even had the World Baseball Classic. And he still wasn't in shape for that. And I'm going to leave that there, right? Best of wishes to Gino. Very thankful for everything Gino's done. I've talked about that covered that we're not doing that here today right I am here to say right now that my concern meter on Luis Arias which out of zero to ten a couple weeks ago when I or I believe it was two two and a half weeks ago ish when this information was initially reported that he had just a sore shoulder and he got an injection in his shoulder I thought I thought to myself I don't love it but it's probably not a huge deal right Probably did some irritation from getting back into the throwing things. But what I didn't think about at that time, which I think went to time now obviously coming to fruition, that if he was having shoulder infl shoulder inflammation, excuse me, which is what the, the report is, early before camp even started, that tells me you didn't take your offseason seriously. You didn't Realize your opportunity with this team on this roster, with them trading a Eugenio Suarez to the, to the Diamondbacks, leaving third base open, right? And we acquired Urias, if my memory stands corrected, and apologies if this isn't correct 100%. I did not look this up. This is pure memory. My memory serves me correct that we traded for Luis Urias before we traded Suarez, right? So you knew what you wanted Urias for. Urias would have been known and I guarantee you was notified of what his role and place on this roster was going to be. And you still didn't take it seriously enough. You did not get into any look of his shape. I've seen the pictures of this guy. He is not in shape. Not to keep reiterating and repeating what I've said already. But this is appropriate. This isn't okay. You are a professional baseball player. You are a professional athlete. You need to come to, to camp in shape. We can't have in these soft, you know, it's like, I'm not trying to branch back and forth, but I'm trying to make this as short as possible because in my opinion, this makes a lot of sense. In NFL training camp, we see hamstring issues and soft tissue issues for players that come into shape or come in, into camp out of shape, right? We heard it from Pete Carroll from years on. Other coaches have talked about it at nauseum. Going to leave that there, right? If you have, and this is to me is the same thing, like having a sore shoulder, that means you didn't throw enough inside of your offseason. You didn't recoup the way that you should have. You didn't rehab the way you should have, right? And Urias had issues and injuries last year in Boston and Milwaukee. He was really, really bad in Milwaukee, hardly played, had less than 50 games played, was traded to Boston, went to Boston, hit like 220 in Boston, but hit like 140 in, in Milwaukee. When you have that—and I'm not trying to keep dragging on to this, but this is going to transition into the next topic here, so flow with me. So, when you have an offseason where you come from being injured, you come from a struggle, you have a fresh new opportunity, you don't take this seriously enough to the point, you even go down to the Dominican Summer League, the DSL, and you hit a 200 average in the DSL when the pitching is not even half of the equivalency level or difficulty in the MLB. Luis Arias, you need to uh, pull your head out of your you-know-what and get it going. Or else you're going to be cut. Just the way baseball goes. Can they put you on the uh, 30-day IL, whatever it is? Sure. Brian Anderson probably starts a third baseman or he now becomes that platoon split with Josh Rojas. But this is the kind of thing that presses a button for me that is not acceptable. I will not just say, oh, well... I bet, you know, best wishes for him, blah, 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 blah. No, you need to be better. You are a professional baseball player and a professional athlete. It's your job to come in in shape and ready to, to go, and you fail to do that. So, you got to face the consequences, and whatever happens, happens. But we're going to leave that there. Um, now that we're done with, up with the injury updates, we're going to transition. Just a couple of players that I saw have been doing some things that caught my eye. Obviously, I want to talk about the young kids first. Cole Young, Tyrell Locklear, Ryan Bliss. Cole Young with the game-winning double uh, that scored two runs against the Reds. Tyrell Locklear had the day a few, uh, the game two days ago, went three for three. He's been flashing some pretty good defense as well with the overall glove. Like to see that stuff. And then Ryan Bliss, three for three day. Yes, he choked the chicken at shortstop. Yes, it drove me nuts. Yes, I screamed at my you know at the radio and for the air to hear and like everybody else because fielding errors drive me crazy. But it's spring training. This is what it's there for. Guys need to learn to get better, to work on things. But I am hearing from very credible sources that Cole Young will start the year at double A. Which, if, it, if that is true and he goes to double A, that means there was a legit chance that if second base struggles, which I don't think that will happen with Jorge Polanco, um, but you could put Polanco to third, which is his more natural position than second base, fun fact for those people. Um, that you could put Cole Young at second base and you could have an infield and you wouldn't have to be worrying about your, your third base hole or your third base issue with the uh injury. You could put Polanco at third. But this is a huge hy- hypothetical what if down the road when we're talking July is what we're talking this. That's the timeline for when people have been asking, Cole Young, Cole Young, Cole Young. Cole Young has a great swing. He's a great young kid. I've loved the interviews and the reports and all of the sit-down conversations he's had. Right, he's been tremendous. Right, is a reason why he's the number two prospect inside the Mariners farm system. Some people put him one. It's between Colt Emerson and him. But that's a, that, that's a prospect conversation. So, those three young kids doing fun things. I like what I'm seeing. Continue doing some work in you know, young young guys. Ryan Bliss, you're also an, an infield option. So I like seeing finally some infield depth, some bats being able to be possibly on the cusp of helping this team at some point this season if we need it. Injury, you know, crossing your fingers and, and, and our toes. So, um, Reed Van Scooter is a left-handed pitcher, was out of uh, Everett Sox last year. He pitched two innings, had one hit, four strikeouts. The reason why I'm bringing this kid up, funky lefty, cool little release guy. I like his overall thing. Gives me a Jason Vargas vibe. Um, similar as that kind of thing. Some people talk about like Cole Hamels. I think that's a pretty high comparison considering the kids in like single a ball. However, um, it's just a cool name. It's a fun arm to watch. And with him being a lefty, you, maybe you see him in Modesto. And if he does really well, maybe you could see him in double a by the end of the season, some starting pitching depth. If something goes wrong with Emerson Hancock, something along those lines, Taylor dollar and all of those guys. But Van Scooter, fun name to watch. We'll keep an eye on it throughout uh, camp. but I anticipate he's not going to be in camp for very long because those guys are usually the first ones to get sent down. Home runs by Mitch Garver, Mitch Haniger, the Mitch and Mitch. The M&M explosion was fantastic. Canzone, uh, that home run was really impressive. And then Michael Chavis had, had a home run as well, uh, not to just only list up guys to have home runs. But the reason why I'm posting these guys is because these are the things that caught my eye. Obviously, home runs a fun thing to watch. And May- Michael Chavis, right? I'm going to talk about this really, really briefly, and then I'm going to transition to the last thing, and then I'm going to hop out today. Michael Chavis is a name that you people, or not you people, that the people who listen to this podcast, again, appreciate you. Please watch. Keep an eye on, especially with the ureus injury. But it's going to be a competition between him and Brian Anderson. Brian Anderson did have, or does have a $2 million um, deal if he makes the active roster, and... Um, all of the little, uh, excuse me, I'm looking for the term. It's like a little, little, they're like stipends, you know, the, the little bump up, the the incentives. That's what I'm looking for, incentives. So that's going to be something to watch. Um, I know that a lot of people are concerned about Urias. Like I talked about a fair amount today. He was probably the, the longest topic in conversation because the third base is critically important, especially for defense in general. The conversation with Matt Chapman will always continue especially with the longer he stays on the free agent market, but again, I made it pretty well clear. I'm not a huge Matt Chapman fan. I don't think the fit is here at all. I think you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, and let's just just not and say we did. That's just kind of how I feel about Matt Chapman. Lastly, Cal was on Brock and Salk this morning. Apologies. I have not listened to it. I was late to the interview, but I will get that on the uh, following up in upcoming podcast on his takeaways, his comments, full interview, stuff like that, because when Cal speaks, I listen. He's one of the most respected leaders, if not the most respected leader on this team besides for J.P. Crawford. So he said, look, I sat down, he sat down with, uh, I almost called him Clown Fred, uh, <laughs> uh, Manfred himself, our infamous glorified commissioner and talked about injuries, or talked about jerseys, talked about pants, talked about pace of play, talked about RSN issues, blah, blah, blah. Uh, no information, no updates on the pants. I know they're bad. They're see-through. We're not going to get into it. It's an awkward conversation, and I'm really not want to have that here. So again, appreciate and thank you guys, everybody, for listening. Uh, We are in the week of the Combine, so I'm going to be looking into Combine stuff, looking at defensive linemen, positions, tight ends, linebacker, possibly some safeties, depending upon what happens with Jamal and stuff I've talked about in previous episodes. Please check it out down below if you're looking for that info, and again, thank you so much for listening. God bless, and I will catch you guys on the next time. Until then, see ya. Peace.